So obviously really fun things happening in the life of our church, and we're so glad that you are here with us this morning. But we also have some really fun things happening in our family this week. We have two kids. Uh, we have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. And our nine-year-old, actually, it's his birthday on Friday. And so he is leaving single digits mm. and going to the double-digit land. Mm. And his mom has a lot of emotions about mm -hmm. that. Uh, but he is super excited to become a 10-year-old, and we're excited for him. Yeah. But there is no no one in our house that is actually more excited for Elijah than his sister, Gigi. See, Gigi lives to celebrate. Her mantra is that every day is a good day for a party. Right. And so she just has been preparing for this big celebration. She's been making homemade cards. She's been putting banners all over our house, baking treats for Elijah. She goes up into his room, gets some of his existing toys, wraps up those existing toys, and then gives them to him as an early birthday I present. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I'm start it, doing it's that. perfect regrifting, yeah. and, um, and gives it to him, and he opens them up, and he's like, these are my Legos that I already own, you know? But she's like, happy early birthday! So <laughs> she loves, she loves celebrating. And one of the things that I most love about her is you know when she loves you. Mm -hmm. um, she's just so good about communicating that she's for you, that she loves you. And do you remember a time in your life where you really knew you were loved? Mm. Like a time in your life where you're like, I know it. Mm -hmm. I know this person loves me. I can feel it. I can tell. I am aware. I'm so compelled by the fact that I know they love me. Mm. I, I remember actually for Jarrett and I when I knew for sure that he had it bad. Mm -hmm. I remember the time when I knew this guy is in love, okay? So Jarrett and I, we actually dated long distance for 18 months. I lived in Chicago. He lived in California. And this was early on in our relationship. I flew out to see him. And so this was over 20 years ago. And so over 20 years ago, you could actually go to the gate to greet somebody, okay? Different time, I know. I, I don't look that old, do I? Um, <laughs> It's true, though. Um, and so, you know, he went to the gate, and I remember I was sitting towards the back of the plane, and I was getting off of the jetway, and as I was getting off the jetway, I saw Jarrett standing there in the, you know, the gate area, and he was holding this. Am I right? Am I right? Come on. Now... Not only was I dating a 12-year-old, um, yep, but I mean, he had gotten those conversation hearts and he glued them all over the sign Artist. and there he was standing there and I thought, this guy, he loves me. Now, he does not know how to spell my name correctly. That's a technicality, though. It's That's a technicality. A technicality. It was a technicality, love. but I knew for sure. Figure it out later. Figure it out later. I knew for sure. I was like, he loves me. I mean, do you remember a moment in your life? Do you remember a moment in your life where you were just like, this person loves me. I know it. They love me. They care about me. They are for me. They are with me. And, and I just wonder, have you felt that with God? Mm. Have you ever felt that where, where you just knew the God of the universe loves me? Mm. My creator loves me. God mm. 
loves me. In fact, God holds a sign up with my name on it and it's spelled correctly. Probably, probably. God, God loves me. It's a pretty remarkable feeling, isn't it? Mm. It's a pretty remarkable feeling to know that you are loved by God. And I wonder, I wonder, what do you do when you get what God's done for you? Mm. What do you do when you really get that the God of the universe loves you and he has given everything for you? Mm. What do you do when you get that God is for you? Mm. This is what we've been really living in for the last month as a church, that reality that God is for you and God is with you, that God loves you. And so what do you do when you get that, all that he's done for you? How do you respond to that? So we've been leading our whole church through really three simple things. We've been asking God to lead us to new levels of joyful generosity as a church as we look to our future and consider really what it means to build a true transformation ministry center right here in the West Loop. We look to the dirt lot right next to us. We've been asking God to lead us out of his goodness into greater joy and generosity. We've been believing that God is actually good and that he will provide for us every single step of the way. And then we've committed that we're going to give a two-year financial commitment to God to really see this thing come to fruition over the next two years. So we've been asking, we've been believing and today is actually the day that we commit together as a church, God, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I do in light of all that you've done for me to give a two-year financial commitment to the work of building that transformation ministry center next door. It's an exciting time for our church. This is an important day, a spiritually significant day for our church. And as I was praying and we were praying through for you and for our church and for this weekend, I was led back to a, a passage in the Bible in the Old Testament, this little tiny passage that is such a beautiful picture about what you do when you get what God's done for you. So I'm going to ask you to turn there because I want you to see it. I want you to grab a pen because there's some pretty remarkable stuff that happens. It's in the book of Exodus chapter 36. So if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, that's okay, you do because there's a Bible in your seat back so everyone can grab one and grab a pen with you. And you can turn in those gray Bibles, do you see that right in front of you? In the gray Bibles, you can turn to page 64. So go ahead and grab that, turn pretty much all the way to the left, page 64. Exodus chapter 36. Let me give you a quick context. Moses has led the people of God out of their bondage and slavery in Egypt. And now by Exodus 36, they are becoming a people and they're going to build a space, what's called the tabernacle, to worship God. The tabernacle was the church before there was a church. And this is where they would go to know that God was with them and for them. They could experience the loving presence of God. And the plans that were called for were big. It required, really, honestly, 100% of folks to give to God like never before. This is a defining moment for the people of God. And this really interesting response happens when they get what God has done for them. So this is Exodus 36, verse 2. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab. I, I, know you, I know you know who they are, so I won't bore you with that. <laughs> Bezalel and Aholiab. And every other skilled... Now, this is important. Every skilled person... What's the phrase? to whom the Lord had given ability. I want you to circle that, because this is really interesting. It's called every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability. The Lord had given gifts, the Lord had given talents, the Lord had given ability. But look, that's what God gave, and who was what? And who was willing. willing. Now you circle that word as well, because God is the one who generously gives talents and gifts and abilities and passions and callings, but you're the one who's responsible for your willingness. Hmm. Are you willing to bring that to God, to offer that to God? So all who were willing were to come and do the work. Verse 3, they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people, now listen to this, 
continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. Mm. They just kept coming and they kept giving. They kept coming and they kept giving. They'd go back and look at their stuff. Oh, we can give more. And so they kept coming and they kept giving. This is a powerful moment, but it caused a little bit of a problem in verse 4 as we see. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and they went to the general contractor, to Moses, <laughs> and they said, the people, now listen to this. I want you to circle this phrase. The people are bringing more than enough. Hmm. Let me circle that. The people are bringing more than enough. They're bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord has commanded to be done. Verse 6, then Moses had to make a leadership call. Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. Hmm. Verse 7, because what they already had was, circle it again, more than enough to do all the work. Hmm. Isn't that a beautiful, powerful response? People were bringing more than enough to the God who was already enough. They kept bringing more than enough to the God who was already enough. They kept giving and giving to the point where Moses had to say, time out, pump your brakes, too much, stop. When was the last time you ever heard an NPR pledge drive have to do that? That just doesn't <laughs> happen, does it? Unless you're caught up in a movement of God and the people of God get what God is up to, and they begin to give with joy. Mm. They begin to give generously. And they begin to look at their stuff actually differently. See, this is what giving to God is actually supposed to look like. Mm. No guilt. Mm -hmm. No obligation. No need for coercing. No second guessing. No fear of scarcity. Mm -hmm. yeah. no, no, no kind of playing it safe. Just joy. God, what can I do for all that you've done for me? What can I do? What can I give to you, God, in light of all that you've done for me? See, this is what it looks like. When you live in love, you begin to give with joy. Yeah. When you really live in the love of God, like when you get it till you get it till you get it, that you live in the love of God, that he's with you, that he's for you. When you live in that love, you give with joy. You go, God, of course, I love to give to you. I love giving to you, God, out of a joyful heart because I've seen all that you've done for me. This is so important for folks who are serious about following Jesus and growing up their faith, living in the love of God and giving out of joy, that I want to paint you a picture. Because I just said that. I thought it was pretty great. kind of rhymes a little bit, you know, live and love, give with joy. So you can kind of nod your head. You can tweet that later, right? That's all fine. But I don't think you get it. And I want you to get it. <laughs> So I want to paint a picture of what it really looks like in real time. A couple years ago, I came across a couple videos out of a church in Dallas, Texas, and there's a guy that's part of their church named Brother Franklin. And Brother Franklin gets what it means to live in love and to give with joy. And so every single Sunday, when it's time to receive the offering, he dances his way to giving his offering, and it is awesome. So I want you to just watch for a moment, bro Franklin, just getting it and going for it with God. Let's check out what this really looks like. Nope, wait, not gonna do it. Boom. That's not, you did not see that coming. So much joy. He's not, it's not over, but you can understand, he's mixing all kinds of styles here. Just when you think you got them figured out, 
turns around and it starts giving you a little bit more of popping, locking, popping, locking, popping, locking, popping, locking. Get a little Michael Jackson thrown in here, boom, right there, a little smooth criminal. Why wouldn't you? Now look, I want you to please notice, he has not given his offering yet. We're still going. It's coming though, get ready, it's coming. But even after he gives it, it's not over because he's got to do the front for him. Why? And I love that the woman in the church is like, oh, yep, bro, Franklin, here he goes. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that beautiful? So in a moment as a church, we're going to receive our commitment cards. <laughs> the bar has been set. <laughs> if you need to do the worm all the way to the box, go for it. I love what that looks like. That's joy in giving. Yes. That's joy in giving to God because you just get yeah. how much he loves you, and you hold nothing back mm. from him. I remember reading years and years ago a quote by Robert Hodgkins that gives me a little like splinter in my soul because I love the vision of what this is supposed to be. This is what we've been praying for for our church, and I love his vision of what it should be when we live and love and we give with joy. This is what Robert Hodgkins says. Christians ought to be celebrating constantly. Yes. Now just think if that's the perception of Christians in our world. Mm. Christians ought to be celebrating constantly. We ought to be preoccupied with parties. Yes. We got to give ourselves over to overwhelming joy because now listen to this. We've been liberated from the fear of life as well as the fear of death. We ought to attract people to the church quite literally by the joy that there is in following Jesus. Mm. Now, I don't know if you grew up around the church, but I wonder if you did. Did you grow up around church like that? Mm. That's just overwhelmed with overflowing joy and gets how loved they are by God and can't wait to give that love to others and to give it back to God as well. That's what it means to be for the love. Mm. And I love, people ask me all the time, tell me what Soul City Church is like. Like, describe to me what the people of this church are like. And I say regularly, they are people that know they are loved and they give with joy. Mm. I think about what has happened in this church over the last five years. I think about children that have walked in here at Christmas time during our, our Christmas store and they've walked out with a coat on their back and they, they've walked out with toys that their parents can give them for Christmas. I think about children at our different partnership schools that we've sent them into every single year saying, you're going to go into this year with a uniform on your back, a backpack on your back, and you're going to have every single school supply that you need. Mm -hmm. I think about our partnership over at Breakthrough Urban Ministries and ways that we've been able to, to come alongside of and really walk with those that are hurting and those are homeless and those that are hungry. Mm. One of the things that's so remarkable to me is that the giving that we do here on a regular basis, we take 10% of that at all times and make sure that that goes into a fund of benevolence for this church mm. so that when people in this church are struggling, when people in this church have found themselves in a situation where they really need financial help. The church comes mm. and steps in and helps. Mm. I think about the amount of walls that we've had to knock down so that we can make more room in this space. Mm. Soul City, you are a church that gives mm -hmm. with joy because you know that you are loved. Mm. And so as Jean and I have been praying and, and working through this, we get that that is who you are and that is what God has been doing. And at the same time, simultaneously, we see the need clearer and even greater. Because as our church has been growing and growing in generosity and growing in joy, and our church has been growing in size, 
the needs of our church have been growing as well. The emotional needs of our church and of this community, the spiritual needs, physical needs, as Jeannie just mentioned. One of the things that Jeannie and I have the privilege on as sitting as elders in this church is that every week we're sent all the prayer requests of our church. And if I were to walk you through, just in the last week or so, the prayer requests that have come through our church, it would break your heart. What's going on? The deep level of desperation that people have for God. And some of you know this all too well because we're praying for you right now. We're seeing the needs of this church and of this community greatly increase. And we're seeing the desire for connectedness like never before in our church. We opened up small groups a couple weeks ago. 700 of you signed up for a group in one day. There is a greater and greater desire for connectedness as our city continues to grow. A greater desire and demand for more recovery groups, like our A groups, groups for divorce recovery, for grief support. I mean, we're seeing the needs, emotional, physical, spiritual needs grow. So that is why your generosity, that is why my generosity isn't a luxury. My, my generosity, your generosity isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. Mm. It's a necessity. If we're ever going to meet the needs of our community, of this city, then we need to say, okay, God, what would you ask of me? What would you invite me to? What would you call me to? To be a part of what you're doing, to meet these ever-growing needs. And so that, that is why today is such an amazing day. You know, as a church, we've been on this 21-day journey with one another. We've been asking, we've been asking God to, to lead us. We've been believing that he's going to direct and he's going to guide us. And then today is a day for us to actually come together to be the church and to make a commitment to God. Now, I want to say a quick word to those of you that are here for the very first time. Um, or, or those of you that are just checking Soul City out, and, and you would not call this your home, okay? This is not um, something that we want you to feel any pressure mm -hmm. to be a part of. Um, th this is not something that you need to feel any obligation to be a part of. We're glad that you're here, and we want to encourage you to peer in so you can see what the people of this church really have put their hope in. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't want you to feel any obligation to give. I want to talk to those of you right now that this is your home. This is your church. This is your space. You've been a part of building this place. You've been a part of, of giving to this place, and you've been a part of receiving from this place. And so this is a sacred moment. In fact, I believe this is really a historical moment for us, for those of us that call Soul City Church our home. Over the last 21 days, we've all been praying. Hopefully, you've been going through the prayer journal, um, and you've been asking God, and you've been believing in how he's leading you, and today we're going to commit. And in that packet uh, was a card. It looked just like this. And I know many of you, I was watching you come in today. You came walking in with your packet. You came walking in with your card ready to give. And, um, but there are many of you, I know that maybe you forgot it or you left it at home. Um, we put some in the seat backs, and so I actually want to ask everyone to grab one right now. And we're going to walk you through um, this moment before we come and we give to God. You know, on this card, it says very clearly, my two-year commitment. And the next words are perhaps probably the two most important words on this card. It says, by faith. By faith. You know, when we started this, we said that this is not a fundraiser. This is a faith raiser. This is, this is an opportunity for our faith 
to be raised. This is an opportunity for us to trust in the God of the universe that loves us to put our faith and our hope in him. And so what we're doing when we make this commitment is we're making a commitment in faith. By faith, I commit to giving, and then you fill in a number. You fill in the number that God has given to you. You see, we we didn't ever put a big pyramid up on the screens and say, we need this many people to do this, this many people to do this, this many people to do this. We wanted to trust in the God of the universe that he was going to lead you, that he was going to guide you. And so this isn't about a special number that you have to put in here. This is, this is God leading you, God directing you. And so you get to put that in there. You can indicate how you want to do this over the next two years. You want to do it weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. Um, when you want to start. Um, how, how you want to perhaps give, if you want to give up front. There are others of you, I have loved some of my conversations with some of you over the last 21 days. You've been led so creatively. God's led you to give stock options or God's led you to give a gift in kind. He's, he's led you to give kind of an asset-based gift. And I love that. You've been listening to God and he's creatively led you. And so you have a place there to fill that out and all of your information. But there's another little section on this card that is so important. It says, how can we pray for you during this journey? And you need to know that our, our prayer team is committed to praying for you, to praying for you and how God is leading you over the next two years. And this isn't just a little section here on a card, you know, for you to quick, like, just jot something down. We mean this. We're gonna stand with you and pray with you during this journey of faith. And then on the back, which is really cool, there's an opportunity here on the generosity ladder. And we've been talking about this over the last three weeks how God is inviting us to take a step in our generosity. And for many of you, one of the things that I love that I've had in so many conversations is this is your first time giving to a church. This is your first time saying, I'm gonna go all in and I'm gonna give to God. And and there's an opportunity for you to say, you're a first time giver. For others of you, you've given occasionally, it's an opportunity for you to mark that. For others, you're percentage givers and, and you give consistently through a percentage. And then others also, give in a generous way. And so wherever you're taking a step on this generosity ladder, we also want you to mark that as well. Because it's not about the number that you give, it's about your heart. It's about your heart. It's about how God's been stirring in your heart, how he's moving you in generosity. And so in a moment, we're gonna actually have a chance to come and to give these as a way of saying, God, by faith, this is my commitment. I don't know if you were here last week, but we got to celebrate something really special. Uh, All of our staff and our elders and our volunteers and leaders have been going through this process kind of ahead of the rest of the church. We believe that leaders go first and they kind of lay it down first. And what was so fun to be able to celebrate last week is that their process together, that group of people has led to over $3.1 million already committed towards our $7 million gift. That's amazing. That's like nay-nay worthy right there. <laughs> that is amazing. And I only tell you that, I only tell you that so that you, ha- sometimes it helps me to have a sense of what God's already doing so that I can get on board with it. And God is already moving. And there's others who've gone before you and God has already led them and we believe he's already led you or he's leading you even now in this moment. And in a moment, we're gonna just give you a, a time to kind of reflect and say, okay, no, What's my response? What do I do in light of what God has done for me? 
And I know, I want to just name something that I just, I feel like I have to, because I've had enough conversations. I remember talking with one of our leaders as he was in the process of praying through, and he said, you know, here's where I sense God leading me to give. We were having a conversation about it. And he said, he goes, I know it's probably not as, as big as like you wanted it. Or I know it's, or he said something like, I know it's probably not as big as everyone else's. I just looked at him like, dude, stop. That is not of God. This is not a comparison thing. This is not about what other people are led to. This is about how God is leading you. Because it's going to look different for every single one of us. Some of us in this room, you know you can write a $100,000 gift commitment right now. Some of you know that you can write a 10000 gift right now. Some of you know that you can write a 1000 gift right now. You can commit to that right now. Here's the deal. It's going to be different for every one of us. Our number's probably different than yours. I know this, though. It's the most we've ever given to anything before in our life. And God led us to it, and God is going to have to lead us through it. Amen? He's going to lead us through it, and I believe he will. I, act, I absolutely believe he will. Because here's the deal. The only number that matters to Jeannie and I, the only number that matters is 100%. We just want everyone to experience and be a part of what God's doing. However he leads you, that's between you and him. We trust God. We trust God that he's leading us and he'll provide. So that's why we're going to take the next moment to just be quiet and be still and reflect on God's goodness. Maybe take a moment for you. If you haven't filled out your car, you can fill it out. If you're a leader who's already gone first and you did yours, you can just take this moment to kind of write in prayer. Write in a prayer request. Pray for our church over this next moment so that when we all stand up and go to our stations to give our commitment to God, that you can actually participate in that as well. We want everyone to have that moment. So look, we're just going to like just bring it down for a moment to stop and reflect because this is way bigger than dollars and cents and bricks and mortar. This is stuff of heart and soul. This is the stuff of faith and trust, of joy and generosity. And we want to let you know this is a sacred moment. This is actually a holy moment. So we want to provide space for God to do that, to lead. And maybe as you're just reflecting, maybe God's going to lead you to something even now in this moment, maybe even to changing what you thought you walked in with and going, you know what, God, I... I actually think I can give more. To be like the people we read about in Exodus 36, you're like, God, I got more. I got more to give. I got more to give because you have yet to hold out on me. So we're going to be just quiet for a few moments. We're going to dim the lights. We'll keep playing the motivational music in the background. <laughs> we just want to provide some sacred space. And if you want to pray right now, I'd encourage you to pray. If you want to be silent still, do that. Do whatever you need to do to not be a distraction to others right now in this moment. And then we're going to come back in a moment and lead you through how we're all going to respond to God together and bring our commitments forward together. So just take a moment to be still, to look through the card, work through the card, and ask God to continue to lead in this moment.
how this next moment is going to work. In a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to ask everyone to stand up in just a moment. Everyone stand up. And there's stations that actually have been created here in this room and in our overflow space as well. There's some here in the front. There's some in the back. And the overflow space, you can see yours as well. And we're going to ask you, as soon as I'm done praying, to bring your commitment forward. And you've seen what Brother Franklin did. I'm just saying. <laughs> we want you to come forward and to bring your commitment. So if you're here as a family, if you're here as a small group of friends, however you want to come forward, you're going to come and bring that, or you're going to go to the back, and here's how it works. If you're in the front half, you can figure that out. You come forward in this room. If you're in the back half, you go to the back. We created space along the walls, too, so you can get back to your seats as easily as possible. And I'm going to ask you as you even come forward and give and you make your way back to stay standing. I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. When you get to the box and you drop your commitment in, members of our staff and our elders and our prayer team are actually going to pray for you. They're all here. We want to pray for every single person, 100% of the people who bring a commitment forward. They're going to put their hand on you and pray a simple prayer over you, believing that God has led you to this moment. And then you can make your way back to your seat and continue to stay standing. And as you do, what's so fun what I love about our team, what I love about Patrick as one of our worship leaders, is he's actually created a song, written a song for this moment, for this day. A song that sums up what we're all about. A song that we've been really like, working towards and praying for. And you're never going to guess what he named the song. For the love. I mean, that, <laughs> we are a creative bunch in this place. And so what's going to happen is Pat's going to lead you through the song that he wrote. It is an awesome song. So that's why I want you to continue to stay standing when you get back to your seat so you can respond and make this our anthem and with joy and openness in our hands and our hearts proclaim that God has actually called us something greater than ourselves and it's the work that he's doing in this world. This is a holy moment for our church and we're so excited that we get to experience it together. So I want to ask you to stand right now in this space and if you're in overflow, you can stand as well. And again, when I'm done praying, you're going to come to either here in the front or to the back let them pray for you and then come back to your seat and remain standing. And we're going to worship God together with joy in our hearts as we give generously and joyfully to him. So let me pray for us and then we'll experience that together. God, thank you for the truth and the reality of who you are. That you are love. It's not just that you love, it's that you are love. And you love us. And we thank you for how you love us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you invite us into the reality of your love so that we can give with joy and confidence and hope that we know that whatever may come in this world, we have you and there's nothing else really that we need. And so God, I pray for our church. I pray for 100% of our folks right now that they would get the significance of what's happening in this moment, that we would get just how much you are for us and with us and that you are actually walking into our us into our future as a church. And God, I thank you for everyone who's kind of new around here for the first time, that they get a glimpse into what you're really all about and what you're doing with your group of people who are just crazy enough to commit our lives to you. So God, I pray that you'd meet with us, that your presence would be felt and would be known and that it would actually move us forward into our lives and into our future with you. Thank you, God, that we can come to you and give to you because you have given everything we love you, God, and we choose right now in this moment to be for you and to be for your love in this world. It's in your name that we come.